Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. The book of Isaiah chapter 22 today is where we're going on this Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers and to every man that has been invested in a child, uh, every man that helps mentor a child. Uh, Fatherhood is more than just simply producing children. A lot of people can produce a child, but there's not as many fathers out there. Thank God for fathers today. Can you one more time get all, give all of our fathers a great big hand? Praise the Lord. This is going to be one of those messages that starts off real rough. But hold on. We're going somewhere. All right? We're going somewhere. The book of Isaiah chapter 22 and verse 20. And it shall come to pass in that day that I will call my servant Eliakim, the son of Hilkanah, and will clothe him with thy robe, strengthen him with thy girdle. I will commit thy government into his hand, and he shall be a father to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and the house of Judah. The key of the house of David will I lay upon his shoulder, so he so he shall open and none shut, and he shall shut and none shall open. I will fasten him as a nail in a sure place. He shall be for a glorious throne to his father's house, and they shall hang upon him all the glory of his father's house, the offspring and the issue, all vessels of small quantity from the vessels of cups, even the vessels of flagons in the day, saith the Lord of hosts, shall the nail that is fastened in a sure place be removed and be cut down and fall, and the burden that was upon it shall be cut off, for the Lord hath spoken it. My assignment today is just simply this, a nail in a sure place. Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you, God, for fathers today that have gathered here on this Sunday to commemorate and to give thanks, God, for fathers and dads. We appreciate, Lord, your plan that you put in place. It takes a father, it takes a mother, it takes a family, and we need that in this hour in the hour that the world is redefining and realigning and, and, and don't even know what a woman is, don't know what a man is, they don't know what a father is, uh, I pray, God, that you would help us today to continue to honor fathers, Lord, leaders of the home in Jesus' mighty name. Let everybody say amen. 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 God bless you. You could be seated.
The chapter before us is no easy passage of Scripture. It is said that Jerusalem, called the Valley of Vision, Jerusalem, the seat of divine revelation, the place that is situated next to Mount Zion, the city of David, is now addressed prophetically in this utterance as being full of stirs, a tumultuous city. Jerusalem is in rough condition. Isaiah chapter 22 prophetically addresses Jerusalem as a country of cowards who are shouting and cheering in the streets, but they are not courageous. They're wrapped up in the noise and the atmosphere of the party. They're wrapped up in the gaiety of the celebration, but there's no depiction of courage. The city here is depicted as being in a perpetual party. Verse 1 says, where are you or what are you doing, O joyous city? What a powerful question is asked in verse 1 when it says, what aileth thee now? What a, do, do you ever hear from news and hear situations that are going on in our nation, in our world, and they say, what in the world is going on now? What ails us now? You are celebrating here, Jerusalem, shouting as if you have won a great battle. But the truth is, you really don't have any war heroes to celebrate. Bravery is gone. Real courage in Jerusalem is vacated the premises. So what do you celebrate? You're celebrating like you won. And yet your leaders and your rulers are cowards. The Bible said they fled together. They ran off together. They had been captured without a fight. But, but here you are celebrating as if you've won. It would be like the hapless clippers celebrating the championship when they really have not won it. When Jerusalem was conquered by the Babylonians, the men of Judah did not die bravely in battle. They died either by being starved to death or at the siege of the city. Uh, they died by starvation or they fled in cowardice retreat. You're celebrating. Your leaders are cowards, though. They're not really strong. The men that are supposed to be men are not there. You're celebrating like you're winners, but there's nobody. There's no soldiers. There's no true bravery. Who would have ever thought that we would have celebrated in our country a, a, a man who chose to transgender into a woman and say that's courage? This is not the first culture that has fought these kind of battles where the heroes were gone and the cowards were really celebrated. Real men today, men of bravery, men of courage are minimized. Real men are marginalized and maligned. They are said to be toxic. They are said to be, you know, just, just men that are, are angry and uh, amen. But true courage is, is now considered toxic. The celebration of confusion is rather said to be courage. So I ask, what ails you again, O valley of vision? What ails you again? 
the prophet, as he is prophesying this, he says, I got to look away from you, Jerusalem, and let me weep bitter tears. Do not labor to comfort me, Jerusalem, concerning the destruction of the daughter of my people. Trouble is coming. Attack is coming. Amen. Isaiah saw the scene correctly. Calamity and judgment was coming. And all the people of Jerusalem wanted to celebrate and party. But the real courage was gone. The real men of courage was gone. Amen. Isaiah 22 and 5 says, For it is a day of trouble. And uh, uh, of treading down, of perplexity or confusion, if you please, by the Lord God of hosts in the valley of vision, breaking down the walls and, and crying to the mountains. And, and uh, Elam bare the quiver with chariots of men and horsemen, and Kerr uncovered the shield, and it shall come to pass that thy choicest valley shall be full of chariots, and the horsemen shall uh, set themselves in array at a gate. He said, you're celebrating now, but what you're celebrating, you think it sounds like a party, but it is really the sound of war. This month, this gay pride month is not a celebration and party. It's really a sound of war that is going on in the heavenlies. Amen. He's saying, your fine valleys are, are noisy with war. Chariots and Calvary charging this way and that. And, and God has left Judah exposed and defenseless. You have assessed your defenses this day. The prophet says, you've inspected your arsenals and your weapons in the forest armory. And you thought that you are ready to, to win. Jerusalem thought that they were ready for battle, but they weren't. They checked to see, do we have adequate water supply? Check. Uh, have, is our defenses assessed and reassessed? Checked. Uh, 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 it's the weak places in the wall repaired. They actually tore down homes to repair, use the bricks to repair the wall. Uh, check. Everywhere we've got this. We are so wrapped up in things that look like we're fighting the right war. We're fighting the right battle. We're fighting the right issues. Our culture seems to be so involved in fighting things that really are fleeting. Who are we to shake our, our fist at God and say, this is the battle that we want to fight without looking at what the real issue, they overlooked the main thing. For Isaiah said in 22 and 11, amen, ye made also a ditch between the two walls. You set up a cistern. You set up a, a, a water in the old pool. But look at this. But ye have not looked unto the maker thereof, neither had respect unto him that fashioned it long ago. We took God out of schools and wonder why school shootings are on the rise. We take God out of our government and we wonder why we have so much confusion and despair. We try to bolster up uh, all the different kinds of things with the economy and, and, and with the environment and, and on and on and on. But my question is where is our our defense with God where is our relationship with God we are a crazy nation that we bellyache and complain when destruction comes and a hurricane comes or a situation arises of great devastation and we say where is God where is God 
Amen. America says, where is God? But really what America should be saying is, we need God. We need to search after God. We can try for major inventions, and we got cars that will drive themselves, and we've got all kinds of incredible technology, and we think we're secure in this hour. Amen. And what did the Lord call for? That, that, that they, they had all their defenses in place. And the Lord said, but I call for weeping. I I call for mourning. Amen. I call for you to dress in sober clothes. But what did Jerusalem do? They had a big party. At the root and at the seat of this mentality is a man by the name of all things, Shebna. Shebna. What a name to have today. Shebna was a servant of King Hezekiah that was both a steward over the house and a scribe. That means he's supposed to be smart and intellectual philosopher and a financial guru. We find that he was in a position of great honor and responsibility. But Shebna means human vigor. He was in charge of the palace. He had the key to the palace. He had the authority to the town. Yet he was selfish with his authority. He was selfish with his, uh, uh, what he did. As a matter of fact, when he heard that the enemy was coming and advancing, he built himself an elaborate tomb in Jerusalem. He said, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die in style. I'm going to have the best grave there is possibly. So he built him. He took the kingdom's money and built him a tomb so that he would have a place to die. But you see, he never saw it because when the thing came, when the attack came, he ran like the rest of them and he later died in Babylon in shame. Shebna speaks of selfishness, being self-absorbed. Self-appointed authority, self-reliance, obsessed with self-interest, amen. But the, the Lord said, I will hurl you away violently. Oh, oh, you strong man, you think you're strong. I will hurl you away. I will seize firm upon you and I'll hurl you away around and around. I, it literally says, look it up and it'll say that the Lord said, I'm going to throw you like a ball. Into the wide open places. There you shall die. And your glorious chariots will rust and be forgotten. Shebna today is, is, is the voice of this generation. It's about me. It's about my uh, opinion. It's about my self-absorbed mentality. But here's what the Lord said. It shall come to pass in verse 20. Isaiah 22, it shall come to pass that day that I will call my servant Eliakim, the son of Hilkanah, and I will clothe them with thy robe. I will clothe him with thy robe. What is he saying? Shebna, I'm kicking you out, but I am choosing Eliakim to come and take your place. I'm going to pick him. I will call him. He's going to be my servant, Eliakim. Amen. I will clothe him with your robe. I will gird him with your girdle, and I will commit your government to him. Woo. 
and he shall be father of the inhabitants of Jerusalem and of the house of Judah. Amen. And the verse 22 says, And the key of the house of David will I lay upon his shoulder. And so what he opens can't nobody shut. And what he shuts can't nobody open. Somebody say binding and loosening. You know what Elohim means? God sets up. Uh, Shebana means uh, I am strength, my strength, my vigor. Elohim means God sets up. These verses are a prophetic depiction, first of all, of Jesus Christ and how he will be the faithful steward over the house of David. Jesus is the one with the keys, isn't he? He's the one with the keys of death, hell, and the grave. But but he's also the one with the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Come on and praise him in this place. Well, this is the depiction, a prophetic depiction of Jesus Christ. There is also an application that I want to put in place for this text today. In a world that is celebrating confusion, in a time when true courage is fleeting, what this world needs is not more Shebanas. What this world needs is not more self-absorbed men. That is about themselves. That is about what they can conquer. About selfish ambition. Amen. But what we need is we need an Elohim to rise up in his place. The generation that we have today is filled with a lot of Shebanas. But I'm looking at today some of those that are Elohims. Those that God has set up. I want to tell you there's a lot to be said about the problem of men today. There's a lot to be said about the issues of fatherhood today, but I've come to give some shout, uh, shout out. I've come to uh, uh, preach an ode to the modern apostolic kingdom man. Hallelujah. One that is called by God. One that walks in God's authority. One that walks in God's power. One that walks by God's anointing. I don't care what the world says courage is. Real courage is living for God 24-7. Real courage is saying no to lust. Saying no to anger. Real courage is saying yes to God. Real courage is Elohim and not Shebana. Pride is out. Humility is in. Selfishness is out. Servanthood is in. Vainglory is out. His glory is in. Arrogant ambition is out. Amen. Kingdom passion is in. Somebody ought to stand to your feet right now and say, I will be an Elohim. A man that says, I will be a man of courage in this hour. I will stand in this hour. Hallelujah. Elikim is not set up by his own ability as Shebanah, but he's set up by God's strength. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. Shebanah says, I can do all things by my strength. Elikim says, I'll do things, everything by God's strength. Elikim is called by God, not by his flesh. 
He's called by God for a particular time and a particular season. I'm talking to fathers today and men that need to realize you are here for this hour. This is not about 1950. It's not about 1960. It's not about 1825. It is about 2022 that you are here. Stop letting the devil run you down and tell you you are a, 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 a nobody. You're a nothing. No, God's standing ready to say, I'm going to put you in the place of my authority. I'm going to put you in my in my, the place of my power. You're going to carry something, amen, because I give you the robe of your identity. I'll tell you who you are. I'll tell you what your authority is. Oh, glory be to God. I want to talk to you today about Elikim. He is a servant of God. The Lord said, he's my servant. I've called him. He's a servant of God and he's the son of Hilkanah. That means the Lord is my portion Elikim is a man that is clothed with the favor of God and girdle of truth. He's a man that walks in kingdom authority and not his own. He's a father in Zion, if you please, into the house of praise. He's a father in Zion. I want to tell you today, dear men, make this church be your anchor. Make the house of God be your anchor, not your job, not your money. I don't know how high gas prices are going to go, but the place I need to be is in the house of God. I need to be before the Lord. He is my strength. If I'm going to survive 22, if I'm going to survive this last day generation and the pressure of Antichrist, oh God, then let me be fastened as a nail in a sure place. That's what the Lord said of Elikim. I will fasten him as a nail in a sure place. I'm going to, I'm going to hang him there. I'm going to drive him in so things can be hung on it. So you can, you can put some stairs. No. Nothing more aggravating than putting a, a little flimsy nail in a piece of drywall and then hanging a big picture on it and it falls to the ground. That's what is happening today. There are those that are looking to the world and saying, I found me a nail, I can hang on this, but it falls to the ground. I found me a nail, I can hang myself on this, my family on this, but it doesn't. God is looking for men that are like nails in a sure place, driven in hanging there strong ready to put some stuff on it a nail in a sure place she may not seek self glory and find shame Elikim is a servant of God and finds a glorious throne and he becomes a nail in a sure place mark my words the day will come when there will be people looking for men that have something in their life that is sure. There's a lot of folks, it's not just that they're a nail in a little flimsy nail in a, in a drywall. They're a nail stinging, hanging out on nothing. There is no foundation. There is no sureness to it. It vacillates from, from we have gone from two genders to 70. Tell me where we're going to hang that nail. 
Tell me we're going to put that. Amen. But there's something to be said about a dad that shows up consistently every day. There's something to be said about a dad that gets up in the morning and goes to work and does the work to the glory of God. There's something about a dad that stays when everybody says leave. There's something about a dad that will love his kids and his grandkids. Hallelujah. Let me just tell you, uh, uh, people of MPC, look around. We've got some men that are nails in a sure place. We've got some men that are steadfast. I had rather have a man that is solid and sure fast than a shining star that may be emotionally high for a minute and then gone. Amen. I'm talking about those that stay the course. Those that will not give up, will not quit, will not give over to compromise, will give it, have a conviction to stand. Nails. In a sure place. He said, in verse 24, it says, And they shall hang upon him all the glory of his father's house. What Shebina wanted, Elikim got, because he was a nail in a sure place. You want the praise and the honor of men then lead by a servant mentality and watch how God will stick you as a nail in the sure place. So that glory of his father's house, the offspring and the issue, then all the vessels. What is he talking about? He's talking about the vessels of worship. You know what? You can hang on a nail in a sure place. Some praise. Some men that'll praise the Lord. Some men that'll praise the Lord. Some men that says, I refuse to be indifferent. I'll get my hands in the air and give God praise. I will worship him with all of my heart. You can hang worship on me. You can hang praise on me because I'm a praiser. That's what I will do. Is there any Elikims in this place that will say, I'll be a praiser. I'll be a praiser in a sure place. I'll be, a, I'll be, I'll be that nail in a sure place. You can trust me. You can trust. I'm faithful with my tithes. I'm faithful with my offering. I'm faithful to God with my wife. I'm faithful to God with my family. I'm faithful with my bills. I'm faithful with my word. I'm faithful with my mind. I'm a nail in a sure place. In Jerusalem that is in such great upheaval. What the Lord wanted was a man to be a nail in a sure place. Not a symphony that's blowing his horn, but just a nail. Hallelujah. A nail that you can trust. It's there. It's interesting, though, that this prophetic word continues. I'll make him a nail in a sure place. And it's going to be a place for the glorious throne of his father's house. You're going to hang glory there. Not self-seeking glory, but the glory of father's house. You're going to hang worship there. The vessels, all of the, the vessels of worship and praise, you're going to hang it there. But then it says something very startling. In that day, saith the Lord of hosts, Shall the nail, so verse 25, shall the nail that is fastened in the sure place be removed? 
There is coming a day that the nail in the sure place is going to be gone. I do not want to take this out of prophetic context, but I want to say in the application of this message today is that right now, there are men that are hanging in a sure place. There are men, I'm so glad, if I could just be partly personal here, I'm so glad that my dad was a nail in a sure place. But he's gone. And I got to find another nail in a sure place. So I find another nail in a sure place because I'm going to There's going to be a day where men of God are going to be gone. What are we going to hang on then? I want to tell you that, that, that not, not to disrespect any, any lady in this house, but I want to tell you we need to return to the mentality that a man is the head of his house, that it is ultimately him that has to be the nail in the sure place. Can't be wishy-washy and up and down and in and out, but something that you can, you can count on. Amen. Dads, let me tell you, there's, a, there's somebody counting on you today. There's somebody hanging on you today. It's maybe even more than your children that's hanging on you today. But somebody's trusting in you today. But let me speak to those of us that hang on nails. Amen. Our confidence is not just solely in the nail because one of these days the nail may be gone. Amen. And I will say it like this. There will come a day where the rapture is going to take place and there's going to be confusion in the land like we've never seen because the fathers have gone. The mothers of Zion have gone. The people of God are going to be with the Lord because there will no longer be a need for a nail in a sure place in this place because we'll be with the one that is the king of glory throughout all ages. We need men that will be nails in a sure place in a time when the popular thing is to be a she but not. And I say Men, stop being a she. But nah. Stand and don't worry about this world and what it thinks. Don't don't worry about what Hollywood Hollywood paints a picture of no good family. I know that there's good Christian perhaps movies and stuff like that, and but. It, 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 as Pastor Dylan said, it's, it's that men are now buffoons, idiots. I look around and I don't see buffoonery and idiots. I see nails in a sure place. I see men of character, men of stickability. Men that are nailed into the word of God and hanging on. Nailed into the gospel of the kingdom and hanging on. Amen. In this hour, I thank God for men and fathers that are nails in a sure place. Would you stand with me, please? Hallelujah today. Fathers, we live in crazy times. Where courage 
is being confused with perversion. Where bravery is said to be equated to toxic nature of man. But what I see in this place is not men that are wishy-washy. I don't see men that are barely getting by. I see men and brothers that say, on this is what I'm nailed to. This is what I'm hooked up with. Not, not the news, not the media, not what this world says, but I'm hooked into this. The Word of God. Heaven and earth will pass away, but this stands forever. Hallelujah. I wonder, first of all, I could call all fathers to the front, please. All fathers to the front. Amen. Then, then men, if you would, come as well. After that, young men. Come on, guys. Y'all come up here, too. Come here. All you folks that are men. Amen. Praise God. I want to tell you directly what this world calls you and says about you is not the truth. It's not the truth. It's not the truth. Hallelujah. You're a child of God. You're not toxic. You're not worthless. You're not just a has-been or something that, 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 that we can use as a sideshow. But a man that's, thank God for men. I, I look around here today and I see men that I've hung on. I see brothers that I have found to be nails in a sure place. And that's what we must continue to be. I wonder today as we... we, we... Thank you for listening to the MPC Podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.